With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news, you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This league and cut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Friends, welcome in. To the eve of the NBA season, the NBA's 78th season. It starts tomorrow night. Chris Haynes and I are recording this edition of This League Uncut late Monday night. A very newsy Monday in the NBA. Some of the news we expected. It was extension deadline day for the class of 2020 first round picks. I think we ended up with 14 contract extensions, a new record, but all of that was upended and overshadowed sometime after the 6 p.m. buzzer for the class of 2020 when Giannis Antetokounmpo himself announced to the world that he has extended his contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. And as luck would have it, my good friend Chris Haynes was traveling to Milwaukee today. He is now safely in Milwaukee. He'll be covering Thursday night's Bucks season opener against the drama-laden Philadelphia 76ers, Mr. Haynes. How's Milwaukee treating you so far? Not as well as it's treating Giannis, but you are there in the heart of the NBA news cauldron. Milwaukee, it looks, it's, it's fall. Fall is in the air. Uh, beautiful scenery. Style. You always got to take it back to weather. Whenever, it, 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 whenever man, I bring up Milwaukee, the first thing the first thing you give me is the weather report. I mean, Stein, that is important. That is very important. Um, but it is beautiful. The weather is beautiful, Stein. You know, I went walking, walking downtown. Um, it's afternoon. 
a little bit of rain, a little bit of rain, but not too cold. Uh, I did not bring a jacket. Um, that was a mistake by me. I have a sweater. Do you have a shirt for? Do you have a shirt for your TV? I, I do have a. Sh- you know what? So part of me going walking downtown, I actually stopped at a store and picked up a shirt to do to do the interview that I have scheduled tomorrow. Stein. So, but the weather is okay. It's not. It's not horrible like they they said it might be. It's doable, and so for that, I am grateful. So this is actually a two suit trip for you because you have an assignment before the game assignment. That is correct, Stein. Do you know what my assignment is tomorrow? I have a guess, but I don't know if you're. Are you allowed to discuss it, or or is it top secret, or I don't want to get I'm, you in. Tr- I don't want to. I don't want to get you in trouble. Oh, you don't? Huh? Okay. Well, am I gonna get my own self in trouble? Well, I mean, it's probably going to get out tomorrow anyway. So tomorrow, which it will be Tuesday, October twenty fourth. I have a TNT sit-down interview with both Giannis and Dame that will air on TNT on game night Thursday uh, in, in advance of um, Sixers-Bucks game. And, and I will got, be doing the sidelines for that game. And you got plenty to talk about because Giannis Antetokounmpo, he has been saying that he was not going to do his contract extension until after the season because it made the most financial sense first he was very vocal about saying he wanted to be sure that the bucks would continue to be a team competing for championships and doing whatever it takes to compete for championships the bucks responded to those interviews by trading for damian lillard and now Giannis antetokounmpo after telling us that he was going to most likely wait until after the season surprise surprise he announced today that he's done his extension the max that he was eligible for to do it by the Monday night deadline he was facing three years, a shade under 190 million player option in 2027, 28. But man, what, what a win for the bucks. I did my power rankings on Monday, my annual preseason rankings. And I've been doing this for more than 20 years. The Denver nuggets have to be number one because they're the defending champs. That's just kind of a rule that I have adopted as the committee of one. That's the way I always do it, unless something crazy happens to the defending champion, some sort of roster or injury chaos. I always bestow that honor upon the defending champs. I think that the Denver Nuggets deserve to start the season as the new number one. But the Milwaukee Bucks trading for Damian Lillard and then getting Giannis Antetokounmpo to sign a contract extension a year before he said he would when a month ago there was all this perceived pressure on the Bucks that they better do something to keep Giannis happy. Absolutely stunning turnaround. Yes, it cost the Bucks Drew Holiday, but what an offseason they've had to trade for Dame and get Giannis resigned. I mean, no matter what happens this season, the trade is a win. Trading Dame, trading for Damian Lillard convinced, clearly convinced Giannis to do this now. I mean, that's uh, incredible, incredible, incredible month here for the for the Bucks. Yeah, I think it'll be intriguing to hear from Giannis on what went into him, you know, changing his mind and going that route. And definitely, I mean, if you look at you know from the outside looking in, if you look at what the Bucks have been doing, 
especially since John Horst took over as general manager. I mean, they've shown not only Giannis, but they've shown the the fan base fan base that they're committed to trying to produce a championship team, and they've done that, and they're trying to sustain that. So, I have to give props to John Horst ownership group. Uh, you know, going out and trading for Dame. You know, we're still. You know, I'm still very interested in seeing how that's going to look in the regular season. Um, you know, when those when this team gets a gets a decent amount of games under, the, under their belt, where Giannis and Dame can play with each other a ton more, just to see what they can produce. But now the Bucks, again, they did everything that they could do to try to convince Giannis that they're committed that he doesn't have to go anywhere else. And still, you know, Yada still get, gives himself an out getting that player option at the end just to, you know, see what these next couple of years are going to be like. But definitely a win-win for the Bucks and a win-win for Giannis. You know, Giannis, he did, he did say he wasn't going to do anything until after next season. But before that, he said money is not important. A lot of fucking money. Is important. That those are his exact words right there. And so I, I, I think what is about sixty something million a year. I think this will qualify as, as a lot of fucking money. But when he said that, he was basically implying that this extension wasn't big enough, and that he wanted to wait till the summer so it could tack on a year and make it even more lucrative. But look, I mean, the reason that you take your hat off to the Bucks is because th- these moves do not guarantee them. A championship they don't even guarantee that they get out of the east because of what boston's done i i, I personally feel like the bucks have the higher ceiling but as i've kind of been digesting everyone's preseason prognostication all our colleagues around the league i kind of feel like i'm in the minority i feel like more people are picking boston to win the east And even though the Celtics have sacrificed depth by swapping out a quartet of familiar faces, including Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, Time Lord, Malcolm Brogdon, they they turn those four guys into Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday. But like I said, when I when I listen to the punditry, it seems like a lot of people think, okay, Boston has the best top six in the league, if that is such a thing, and that there is a sense that the Celtics are going to just be absolutely locked down on the defensive end, even though there will be concerns about can Porzingis stay healthy? Can Hal Horford at 37 continue to play at the level he's played? Are they big enough to handle what the Bucks can throw at them, what maybe Philadelphia can throw at them with Joel Embiid? But, you know, again, I, I, I kind of feel like the Celtics are are a, a bit trendier a pick a bit a bit more popular a pick to get out of the east than the bucks are i personally yes there's no question the bucks have sacrificed a lot by giving up drew holiday and you know their team is getting a little bit older and there are concerns can they be as good defensively as they've been in the past without holiday at the point of attack and with Brooke Lopez advancing in age. Can they can they still be dominant defensively? But my my belief is that the offensive ceiling they now have with Dame, it's it was a trade they had to make. 
offense, half court offense specifically, that's been the issue for the Bucks in the playoffs when things haven't gone that well. But look, to me, it's a long-winded way of saying my reaction is really just what it was the last time Giannis extended. It's the closest thing to winning a championship that the Bucs can experience. They now have Giannis and Dame on similar contractual tracks. These guys are going to be together now, locked in for the next two, three seasons. And I mean, the Bucs can't really ask for more. And that's why, you know, I, I get your point. I, I'm not, I guess I'm seeing it, you know, I see it going both ways. I, I see pundits going the Milwaukee route, picking Milwaukee over Boston. Um, I never looked at it like that. Who has the, like, who's more, I guess essentially you're saying top heavy, who is the, the most top heavy team, Boston or Milwaukee. And I still think, you know, hey, like, you know, Bobby Porras is arguably the the best six man out there. Um, he would, you know, he he would be in that top six um, for Milwaukee. I'm, but it's it's back and forth. I I don't know. It, it's it's tough. But yeah, I have my I have my concerns with both teams. Um, when it comes to Boston, it's the depth, it's the size. When it comes to when it comes to Milwaukee, um, how long would it take um, for Dame and uh, to jail, um, you know, to mix with this group, you know, Adrian Griffin, new, you know, new head coach. And then, you know, something we're going to talk about before he, he, he losing the top assistant. So I, I got concerns on both sides, but definitely, you know, Milwaukee and Boston already right now. I think those are the two teams that we feel that they're at the top of the East. Yeah. I mean, one of my big questions going into the season how big is the gap between Milwaukee and Boston and the rest of the East? If Philly had an engaged James Harden, you'd throw them in that same tier, but they don't. And not only do they not have an engaged James Harden, the Sixers have nothing but uncertainty about, is he going to play? Are they going to be able to find a palatable trade? Is anybody else going to get in that trade mix besides the Clippers? How is Embiid going to handle the uncertainty and how long before he gets really frustrated. So a lot of questions about the Sixers too, but I think yes, the Bucks and the Celtics, despite whatever question marks you want to raise in either case, those two teams have clearly separated themselves from the rest of the East pack and uh, man, a sit down with Giannis and Dame, not bad. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to what we thought we were going to be focusing on. Terry Stotts' abrupt departure has raised a lot of eyebrows around the league. Adrian Griffin is a first-time head coach. You see this with any team that brings in a first-time head coach. They always want at least one of the assistants to be a former NBA head coach. There was so much talk last season with Boston that Joe Mazzula suffered from not having enough experience around him on his bench after he abruptly replaced Ime Udoka. So the fact that the Bucs would want a Terry Stotts, a former head coach, to be on Adrian Griffin's staff, that's a natural move. The way it's unraveled so quickly, Terry Stotts electing to walk away from the job less than a week before the season starts. I mean, how big a deal? Well, first of all, let tell us what, what you know as far as what happened here, but and how big a deal is this? <sighs> I think it's a pretty big deal because you don't see a departure like this days before or a week before the regular season comes about. Um, the offense they were running is a Terry Stotts offense. Uh, it's it's everything that Damian Lillard is all too familiar with to a point where Dame was kind of instructing guys. I think I touched on this last pod. He was instructing. This is the last pod we were talking about this, but you know this is before Stotts resigned. And we were talking about just how comfortable Dame was and how he was instructing guys where to be. You know, he was just on top of that so much. So um, it's very surprising. It's, I think it's very significant. I do. Um, but let, let's let's kind of, um, you know, I've I seen the reports out there. And for the most part, yeah, everything that's been reported about what happened the day before he resigned at shoot around in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, there there was a point at shoot around after shoot around when when there was a huddle. The, there was the huddle to end shoot around, and you know they do the huddle and they break. And then uh, Terry Stotts afterwards, he walked away, was walking away to watch film with Dame and Giannis, and Griffin had already said before the break before they broke out coaches let's meet on the court afterwards and so this that kind of aggravated griffin because every every other coach came and gathered around him except stotts stotts went and went away and then stotts i mean excuse me griffin called for stotts and stotts was like the way i was told stotts was like it was a hand signal like give me a minute give me a minute and then griffin kind of you know went off from there and uh you know, he, he got loud, and then this caught the attention of the whole team. But w- one thing I want to say to kind of shed a little bit of light uh, on it a little bit. So I was told Stotts approached Dame and Giannis before shoot-around and told them, hey, after shoot-around, come watch film with me. Let's watch film on my laptop, and let's go over some pick-and-roll coverages. And so Dame and Giannis knew to go to Stotts after shoot around. 
Um, but the issue was that soon as um, you know, as soon as uh, shooting round was over, excuse me, shooting round was about to be over, as Griffin gathered the team to break to break their huddle so they could end the practice right before the huddle break. Griffin told um, the coaches, "Hey, after we break, everybody let's meet. All the coaches let's meet on the court." And so that's what that's why Damian Giannis they went towards Stotts, and that's why Stotts left to to go to the bench to watch film, pick and roll film with Giannis and Dame. Uh, so that 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 was never relayed to Griffin. Um, that he are he had already told those two that he was going to watch film. Now, just because it wasn't relayed to him beforehand. It still doesn't justify Stotts leaving and not coming to, you know, coming to center court like Griffin instructed all his coaches to do. So there's there is still a there is still a a, a role that Stotts had in in um in kind of elevating that whole thing to the point where it was just a distraction that caught the attention of everybody, and so uh, you know. I think you. I think our guy Peter Vesey, uh, you sent me that tweet, Stein. Uh, you think about Stotts's role. Peter Vesey was. I mean, excuse me. Coach Stotts was hired by John Horst, the general manager, and um, you know you start to think about um, was Stotts really comfortable? Was he comf- Was he comfortable being an assistant to a rookie head coach? Um, so. And another, another another background too, Stein. This, I mean, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but let's go back almost a decade ago, a little bit over a decade. I was covering the Blazers when uh, they hired Stotts. But before they hired Stotts, they had four finalists, and the four finalists, I know, I remember three for sure, but it was Stotts, Steve Clifford. And Adrian Griffin, those were three of the four finalists. I want to say maybe um, Elston Turner was the fourth, but you know this goes all the way back back then, and you know Stotts got the job right there. So I don't know how comfortable I reached out to Stotts. You know he he don't he didn't want to talk about it, and so I don't know um, if Stotts just wasn't really feeling it the way I the way it was explained to me. It was that it was just a bad fit. That's the way it was explained to me by somebody real deep into the situation that really has a say so in the situation. So it just leads me to believe that maybe both sides just wasn't ready for that type of relationship. And again, you know, and I think we're, I think really within in the last five years, especially more and more teams are kind of choosing assistants they'll hire and they'll hire a new head coach but teams have much more say in choosing assistants for a new head coach than they used to over the last five maybe even five to ten seasons you just see that so you know you, you know I, you mentioned it Peter Vesey our good friend you know he tweeted out how uh, you know based on his information that Terry Stotts was appointed to the staff by John Horst rather than being directly chosen by Adrian Griffin. But again, that is not unusual. And because Adrian Griffin is a first time coach, 
I think any team that would be hiring him would want him to have a former head coach on the staff. And you remember it was just a couple of weeks ago. I was saying like the Bucks coaching staff fascinated me because Terry Stotts was a former Bucks head coach. Joe Prunty is a former Bucks interim head coach. And I was all jacked up for you to on your first TNT assignment of the year to put the put the full court press on your research department to find out has that ever happened? Because I can't remember it. I haven't been able to confirm it. Has an NBA coaching staff ever had two former head coaches in that franchise on the bench as assistants later? And now, of course, that question no longer applies. It's no longer valid. But this, there's no way this story is over. As euphoric as the Bucks must be as we speak to know that Giannis has committed to a contract extension and that they've pulled off this trade for Damian Lillard, you know, there's there's questions that need to be answered. Are they going to stick with Terry Stotts' offense even though he's not there? Are they going to try to find a replacement for Terry Stotts? Are they going to try to find another former head coach to step in? And, you know, Terry Stotts, as you mentioned, having coached, I mean, what was he, what was he with Dane? Eight seasons, nine seasons nine. together in Portland. Obviously, that was, you know, that was the comfort factor that Dame had going to a new team, a new conference, a new city. And now that's taken away. So how much will that factor? How how much will that affect Dame's adjustment to this completely new situation? So a lot of questions. This story, uh, again, we is we don't turn the page on this one that quickly. No, you can't. And as of right now, I want to say this, that the Bucks are still trying to figure out if they're going to replace Stotts, you know, by adding another, uh, you know, replace his position, bringing on another coaching staff. So that is still up in the air. Let's shift to Philly and Harden. The other team you will see Thursday night in Milwaukee. The Sixers really seem to be approaching this in true day-to-day fashion. We're getting basically a daily update you know, daily confirmations that no Harden is still not with the team. I mean, what are you expecting? I mean, it doesn't, it as little as the Sixers saw Harden during training camp, I guess at this point, I really don't think anyone's expecting to see him swoop in to join the team for opening night in Milwaukee. And let's be honest, I mean, he hasn't had the practice time anyway. They, I, I doubt even if he, did all of a sudden join the team. He's not ready to play. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. Him being ready for that Thursday game against the Bucks, Don't see it happening. Um, you know, you're right. The day-to-day, that's that's what we're kind of left with. The day-to-day updates or non-updates, I should say, on James Harden. He's been away from the team for, for – it's been over a week now. So – Again, like I get, I get um Houston. Excuse me, Houston. <laughs> I get Philadelphia's um. I I get what they're dealing with here. I just don't know how long you want to continue to keep this up. James Harden has made it clear he does not want to play for the Sixers. He, he's making it clear he, he does not. Um, and I, you know, you're putting the coat, you put Nick Nurse and the players into a situation that every day they have to answer about James Harden and they have no answers. And, you know, they're handling the, they're handling things the best that they can. Um, but 
it's it's not fair to them. It's it's really not. And poor, you know, Ty, Tyrese Maxey Stein. I don't know if you caught Tyrese. He said something. It was last week. He said he he believed no. He said on a pod. And I can't remember the pod. It might have been no. I think it was JJ Reddick's pod last week. JJ asked Tyrese about just how he's handling, you know, the James Harden debacle. You know, is it, you know, is it tough for him and the team to have to go through this? And Tyrese said something that was pretty sad, <laughs> but he was like, "I'm used to this." <laughs> he was like, "I dealt with this with, with Ben Simmons and." I think he mentioned somebody else before that that I can't remember, but he was like, I'm just used to this. He's like, so this is like the norm for me. And uh, he was like, so, you know, if you if you compare it to, uh, you know, other situations, I guess it's not as worse, but, you know, this this is the norm to me. And that, that's pretty sad for, for a player to, to, to say something like that. I think it just shows you uh, shows you what the, the Sixers have been through over the last few years. So I, I I don't know. Like I know the Sixers have a hard stance on what they're trying to get. What's the latest time? What 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 from what you're hearing? What is it? What is it that the Sixers want in return for James Harden? Well, basically, what I keep hearing is you know the Clippers are not going to put Terrence Mann in this deal, and my instinct is that the Sixers will be more patient and put up with more of this uncertainty they will show more patience than just about any team in the league would in this position. That's Daryl Morey's MO. He's not going to rush into a trade. You know, the Sixers went a very respectable 15 and nine last season when they didn't have James Harden. And a lot of it is because of the guy you just mentioned, Tyrese Maxey. You know, he is, you know, is this the year, you know, he's a most improved player contender. He's an all-star contender. And so, I think the Sixers, I think Daryl Morey is prepared to wait as long as it takes for a better trade offer to come along. I think Nick Nurse, you will hear Nick Nurse. I promise you will hear this since you're at this game. Nick Nurse will reference his past coaching in England and in the minor leagues and all the crazy curveballs that he was always fielding at those levels and, you know, that prepared him to kind of deal with whatever happens now. And he'll coach whoever's there. I'm sure that's what Nick will say publicly. I mean, based on my latest information, uh, the Clippers, you know, they, they're, they will give up Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, maybe Brandon Boston. And then, you know, they, they've got to sort out the pick compensation, but that's to my knowledge, as far as the offer goes from the Clippers, they continue to say they are not going to trade Terrence Mann. Philly wants Terrence Mann because the Sixers believe that they can flip Terrence Mann into compensation that helps their down the road picture. And, you know, it's just a matter of who is going to blink first. Uh, you know, does a slow start in Clipperland change the Clippers' stance? I mean, really, the variable. You know, the variable that really could change things here, it's Joel Embiid. That's what at, I was about at, to mention. At, at yeah. this point, the, the feeling is that Joel Embiid is going to go into this season with an open mind and a belief that the Sixers can continue to be competitive even without James Harden. But how long that lasts, 
Joel Embiid has dealt with tons of turmoil. Tons. He's got his he's got his MVP award, but the pressure is on him now to win a championship. Is he is he the one who's going to to run out of patience? And if he does, how will that impact Philly's management stance? Can Daryl Morey convince Joel Embiid, big fella, hang tight, stick with us. We are going to get a resolution here that benefits you and the franchise above all. How long can Daryl Morey keep selling that position? That is really the question. That's the that's the million dollar question, Stein. You hit the nail on the head right there. Is the where is Joel Embiid's patient level with this? This is something he's dealt with for many years, many years. Same story, different characters. Um, you know, pressure. You, you talk about pressure. Yeah, definitely there's pressure because he wants to win. A, he wants to win a championship. He's an MVP player. He's that caliber of a talent. But I kind of think he has an out. I think he has an out because he's dealt with so much that's beyond his control. Um, with management, with personnel, uh, I I don't know that the pressure is on him like the like pressure is maybe on somebody like Kevin Durant in Phoenix, you know. But de- definitely pressure because he's he's one of those top guys, but. I just think that he's dealt with so much with that organization. You know, guys, it's just there's just been too many distractions. Did I beat Ryan? Dang. I, listen, I messed up. So, Stein, I, I have a joke. I done messed up and did something. So, you know, I, I just, I just, sometimes I'm just competitive with the wrong thing. So, you know, our great super producer, Ryan, he'll always, every five minutes, he'll text us an update. And so the last couple of episodes, Stein, I try to beat him in texting like every five minutes. So I'm looking at the time as we're talking and I try to beat him to a text to us every five minutes. So the last text he told us was it was we were 25 minutes in. And so I'm monitoring this. I'm like, I got this text ready. I'm about to put 30 minutes after five minutes hits. So five minutes come. I hurry up and text it. But I text 40 minutes instead of 30 minutes. And so it, technically I was wrong. And uh, I guess I shouldn't be doing it. I shouldn't be doing two things at once. But I, I'm just competitive like that, Stein. I'm sorry. My apologies, man. I think Producer need, Ryan. I think you need some new hobbies. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like breaking a scoop. you like breaking a story. You let, know? <laughs> let Producer Ryan Music produce. Let him, <laughs> let him have his domain. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, here's the thing. I am I'm glad that you actually got to town so early because you can spend all your Tuesday with Giannis and Dame and ask them all these questions. Why did he sign the contract now? Why did Giannis Antetokounmpo sign his max deal now when we initially got the signal that from him that he was going to wait until after the season? Why did he do the extension now? Get to ask Damian Lillard, what is the impact of Terry Stotts leaving and what kind of offense are the Bucks going to run without Terry Stotts? You get to deal with all these questions on Tuesday. And that means that Thursday you can put your full focus on getting, getting with the Sixers. Because I, <laughs> I, I want, I wish I was, I mean, look, I'm going, I am on my way to San Antonio for the Victor Wembanyama debut. Mm. And I, am, I am super excited about that, but I'm not going to mm. lie to you. Thursday, in, I would love to walk into Sixers shoot around in Milwaukee and see what that scene is like in one of my favorite cities on the NBA map. And you, you will get to go and do that for all of us. I'm looking forward to it. It's a definitely, definitely going to, uh, it's going to be a lot of work because you know, Stein, I was supposed to, I was assigned to be on the, uh, for both games. I was assigned to be, to do Tuesday's Warrior Suns game. And then I was going to come out here for the Bucks Sixers Thursday. But this interview timing kind of took me out of that, took me out, off of that assignment in Golden State. So, but I'm happy. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to get the NBA season um, to get it started. Uh, you know, I, I'm ready like I'm a player, Stein. I'm ready, man. Well, I got to be honest. You know, Warriors, Suns, I mean, that's going to be a great, nightcap to the Tuesday night doubleheader which starts starts with the Denver Nuggets playing host to the Lakers and ring night and the Nuggets and Lakers have been trading all this trash talk for months now so I mean <laughs> great opening night doubleheader and then Warriors Suns it's obviously Chris Paul against his old team Kevin Durant against his old team our first look at the new Sun super team trio of Durant Devin Booker Bradley Beal. So, I mean, that would have been, that would have been a great gig, but I got to be honest with you. There is so much news and so much going on with the Milwaukee Bucks and the visiting Sixers that it is, it ain't the worst thing for you to get in Milwaukee early, get to, get to Brewtown early, get your bearings. Cause, uh, there is, there's going to be a lot to put in the, by the time we, we do this, we do, by the time we meet up again for a podcast, your notebook should be bursting. With uh, with material, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Stein. But I'm also looking forward to where you're going to be no, for I'm, opening night. I, I I can't wait. I, I you know I I said this. I did a did a whole bunch on my radio show Saturday in Dallas because I I have not seen Victor Wembanyama in person, and the highlights, the clips that have been circulating throughout the postseason have been dazzling. And so to be able to go to San Antonio, 
a, a place I've visited a bazillion times over the years. But, you know, I mean, that's obviously I, I've I've been in doubt. Da- I've been based in Dallas for pretty much the last quarter century. But one of the you know, when I when I first got to Dallas, the Mavericks were a laughing stock. They were the worst franchise in the NBA. And they, you know, they were they were just they were only a few years removed from back to back 11 and 13 win seasons. The Mavericks were still digging out of that mess when I got to town. But the Dallas Morning News was really a state newspaper at the time. And if the Rockets were in the playoffs or the Spurs were in the playoffs and the Mavericks weren't, if you were the if you were part of the Dallas Morning News NBA team, you got to go. So I spent tons of time with you know all of the Spurs playoff runs. I've I've covered them. So I've gone to San Antonio a bazillion times over the years. It is one of my favorite cities and you know the very first NBA summer league I covered was David Robinson just before he joined the Spurs was there for the whole Tim Duncan era. And now the chance to go there Wednesday night and see the official start of the Victor Wembanyama era. I'm glad I'm still here for all this, man. Us old yeah. guys. It's nice to, it's nice to, it's nice to stick around. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a Hall of Famer. You're a top-notch talent. So I'm I'm not surprised to, to see that you've tallied this this many years in the game, man, and you have many more ahead. But you know that this this Wimby, this is uh, you know, I I, I thought he was going to be good, but like if you would have told me, I think you know we talked about this believe last pod as well. You know, maybe a month ago. Maybe even three weeks ago, you asked me who's my rookie of the year favorite. I'm probably telling you Scoot Henderson because I'm thinking Wimby's probably going to be the best in this class, but I'm thinking it's going to take him a year or so to have like a real impact. Nah, nah, <laughs> he's <laughs> nah. This kid is ready. He's ready, man. He he's going to like golly. I mean. That that we we never see anything, you know. It's the, it's that true, you know. They we we throw unicorn around like it's nothing nowadays. Like you call every, you know, you call anybody a unicorn who's a five star uh, recruit. This kid Wimby is that that is what unicorn looks like. This kid can do it all. We've never seen anything like it. Yeah, you just gave me you just gave me a good idea. We need to get I need to get with some of our French speaking friends and get, you know, get the equivalent word of of what, you know, and maybe maybe it is just unicorn in French, but maybe there is a French word to describe that has the similar effect of unicorn in English. I don't know, maybe, maybe throw a text at Batum for me, see what he says. But I you know, I got to uh I got I got to check with some of my French speaking sources because uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, this guy is doing things already in the preseason. We have never seen a player of his size do the way he moves, the way he handles the shot blocking at the three point line, the court coverage defensively. And I, I actually, I'm, I'm glad you, we, we, we got on this track to kind of end things because I need to make a very, very important clarification on Victor Wembanyama because I have been making a mistake I've seen several of our colleagues making the same mistake. Yes, in the NBA, there is a 65-game rule this season on major awards, but it is not applicable to all individual awards. And Rookie of the Year is not one of the awards 
that you have to play 65 games to qualify. And, you know, that was, uh, again, a mistake that, that, that I've made. I was saying how, you know, a week ago, I was saying the only reason you wouldn't, you wouldn't say Wemby is the rookie of the year favorite is if you don't think he's going to play 65 games, but I have been corrected. He does not have to play 65 games in the new CBA. There are only five awards that you have to play the 65 to be eligible. And that's MVP defensive player of the year, all defensive team, most improved player and all NBA rookie of the year and the all-rookie team, those are not subject to the 65-game minimum. So that makes it even more likely that Victor Wembanyama is going to be the rookie of the year because he does not have to play 65 games. And I do think the Spurs are going to be very judicious with him. I don't think they're making an all-out charge to try to make the playoffs in year one with Wemby. But uh, yeah, some I, something crazy would have to happen for him not to win rookie of the year. Do you drive to San Antonio or you fly? Come on now. You know me. Okay. All right. My, my what's bad. your what's your prediction? Do I drive or do I fly? You fly. Yeah. I can't yeah. I cannot I'm too much of a diva. I cannot I cannot stay off my phone for that four hours on the road. It's yeah. better to just ride to the airport be able to work on the, it's a short, you know, it's a, it's a very short flight, but yeah, I, I just, I don't like long, I don't like four or five hour drives. Just, yeah. And I'm happy for San Antonio. I'm happy for the Spurs. San Antonio. I, I actually, that was actually one of my, mm, I would say top, I'll go top 10, top 10 stops on the beat. When I was on the beat, San Antonio, very, very underrated. Very underrated. I, you know, I know Chuck has his problems with San Antonio, but not me. I actually, I actually am quite fond of San Antonio. So enjoy. I will. Do not worry. San Antonio was one of the stops on my very first NBA trip as a traveling beat writer in the spring of 94. And I fell in love with it instantly. I've always been treated wonderfully there. I mean, people don't believe this, but the best pizza that I've mm. found in the United States, I'm going to go that far. It's in San Antonio. Call and the what? same place, again, you would never think this in San Antonio, the same restaurant, the lovely Trey Trattoria in the San Antonio Museum of Art serves absolutely scrumptious trout. You would mm. never think, this is not, you know, San Antonio is known for Tex-Mex. You would not think, hey, I'm going to go to San Antonio and get Amazing gourmet pizza and trout, but there you go. Okay, there you go. Well, someday, going, someday, if we're in the same city, if we're there together, I will take you. And I'm gonna tell you right now, since you touched on pizza, the best pizza that I've had in the United States, Flying Pie Pizza in Portland. Flying Pie for y'all people in Portland, y'all know what I'm talking about. I love those people at Flying Pie. They always, they always greet me with, you know. So much admiration when I come in, man. Flying pie pizza, Stein. So when, when we go there to Portland, I don't know when that's going to be, when we're going to be there together, but we got we to gotta get a stop over there for sure. 
Okay, we're going to end it right there. And usually Stein is the one that closes our podcast. You know, I never like to take people's um, roles. I like to allow them to do their job and I want them to flourish and I want them to feel supported whenever they do it. But I have to do it this time because as we were going off about our food ventures and our favorite pizza and Stein was talking about trout in San Antonio and pizza in San Antonio, his audio just went out. So I can see Stein on my end. And I see his lips moving, but nothing's coming out. So he has no audio. So that's why I'm stepping in and closing this bad boy out. So I appreciate you guys listening to This League Uncut with Stein and myself. Uh, I'm going to be, again, I'm here in Milwaukee. I got Thursday night's game between the Bucks and Sixers. And I would have sat down with Giannis and Dane for TNT. Stein is off to San Antonio to see Wimbenyama, to see what the frenzy is about. And we'll be back with you guys later this week. So appreciate you guys. Have a great week. And I'm saying it for Stein. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you guys. Subscribe. All that stuff. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom Shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.